Welcome back to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast. My name is Caitlin Harris, NALFA's Policy Director, and today we're joined by Sean McKenna, the President and CEO of ProLink Solutions. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Caitlin, for the opportunity to be able to talk with you uh, about these important subjects. Well, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your company, ProLink Solutions? Sure. Um, ProLink was founded in 1998, and it provides financial and regulatory compliance management software for investment in affordable housing. We cover low-income housing tax credits, new market tax credits, historic tax credits, and alternative energy tax credits. But probably our, our real sweet spot is in low-income housing tax credits. Uh, we also uh, support other supportive state and federal programs uh, with our software. Our products are used by state and local housing agencies as well as syndicators and tax credit investors. And roughly 25% of all low-income housing tax credit annual allocations are administered on our platform through our state and local HFA clients. This in turn is helping to provide quality housing for over a million families. Well, thank you for that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in affordable housing? Uh, sure. Um, well, uh, way back when, I have a master's in finance and I was involved in the commercial mortgage banking business. Um, and uh, over the years back then, uh, started building systems for uh, analyzing commercial mortgage-backed securities and structured finance. And then in uh, mid-2000, around 2004, um, built a system for Virginia housing and fell in love with the affordable housing business. Um, it has uh, great complexity, which I love just uh, intellectually, but also the mission of the business um, really uh, is out is is great and something that I um, am very happy to be a part of. I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's something I didn't know. Um, what role would you say that data collection and data analysis is playing in the affordable housing industry? Um, and how can our members, the local housing finance agencies, use data to spread their story? Our, our mission at ProLink is to help you solve the affordable housing problem. We believe that the information that is available across the affordable housing sector is scattered and inconsistent. As a result, there is a lack of efficiency in the market, causing the cost of funds to be higher than it should be. By tracking and reporting on data associated with affordable housing, HFAs will help to lower the cost of funds in the industry and provide more and better housing as a result. Additionally, housing and outcome information needs to be more transparent to inform our policymakers to better, uh, better about the efficiency of affordable housing programs and how to modify them. Why would you say that, given what you've just said, that data is so crucial in spreading the word around the affordable housing crisis that our nation's facing right now? Uh, there are over 11 million extremely low-income renter households nationally with uh, less than 30% of area median income. Uh, there are only around 4 million rental homes available uh, through uh, federally supported programs in the nation. So we're, we're, about, a we're about a 7 million uh, unit deficit. Um, so that, that's part of the problem. The other part, and the, the part that's really more personal to me, but it's, it, it helps me to really uh, focus on this is I spend a lot of time, uh, my spare time, it, volunteering uh, as a Department of Corrections volunteer for the state of Colorado. 
And so I meet a lot of people in, in prison and um, overwhelmingly the common story uh, with my friends and brothers and sisters uh, uh, that are incarcerated is that they've had a really rough childhood and, and or um, very unstable housing and uh, support around around how they grew up. So th there's that piece, but then there's also as the people come out of the incarcerated uh, situations, they also need stable housing in order to make it. And uh, so what's, you know, the, I'm not saying that that housing is causing all of these problems, but I am saying that the people that get in to, that are marginal, they're, they're on the edge of society, those are the ones that are slipping through these cracks and, and uh, institutions like our justice system end up being almost like death traps where they can never get out. And so that kind of background with me and, and the way that uh, I look at the world from that perspective really commits me to try to do something uh, around this subject. Uh, and I really, as a nation, um, think that it's, that it's a state of crisis level right now and we need to do something about it. That's an extremely interesting perspective on that that um, I really haven't taken into consideration. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. What do you think then that local housing finance agencies um, and other key players in the affordable housing industry can, the steps they can take to address this affordable housing crisis that the most marginalized groups of people are facing right now? Well, I, I think uh, the number one thing that people can do is uh, get on the bandwagon of data sharing um, and uh, try to figure out ways that they can share data more effectively with their trading partners on individual transactions as well as with the industry about we're doing what we're doing. Um, I see in the future uh, through these processes and I see I see things happening at the industry level where uh, digital platforms uh, eventually will draw borrowers and lenders closer to each other. And that's one of the reasons I'm involved in this whole software side of things. Uh, I, I believe the data will be collected and integrated in a scalable way to improve predictions in deal underwriting. There'll be standardized data coming from actual property performance available at underwriting stages in real time. There will be wider range of data available beyond traditional data points such as resident outcomes right now it's difficult to tell how effective the programs are because we, we kind of lose information as people move from place to place. Um, and we don't track enough information to see how uh, people's lives are really being positively affected um, through some of these programs. They will become more integrated throughout the industry and across traditional industry boundaries between housing agencies. And we're seeing it right now, we're in discussions with health companies and organizations um, as well as even the construction and materials business, there's going to be, I, I believe that there'll be kind of a renaissance of data sharing that will occur in the affordable housing business. And um, among that, various tasks within the deal origination workflow will be performed by machine um, rather than the way that it is today. Uh, this will require lenders uh, to re-engineer their origination process. Application intake will become largely automated. The deal origination will focus on finding the right deals more precisely as opposed to working out complex deals or spending a ton of time trying to sift through uh, data and documents. Market competition will shift from uh, building deeper relationships with borrowers individually to leveraging digital data platforms and AI analytics capabilities to scale 
the original origination pipeline. Traditional lenders will be challenged by digital players who might be new to the industry but are equipped with data and analytics that are becoming increasingly universal across the economy. Uh, and, and I think, you know, of course, this is futuristic, but what I'm basically saying is that uh, the, the buyers of tax credits and the investors in, t uh, in this industry are going to go up dramatically as we sh share data more and, and people understand it better. Um, the tax credit business historically has been um, very cloistered, uh, very difficult to understand the inner workings of it, and therefore um, is not a result in a, a very uh, efficient market. I believe that it can be as efficient as the bond market and will be, uh, and, and not that far in the future. I think we're talking five years. Um, oh, wow. The arrival of this new data-driven source of funds will result in more competitive and efficient market, resulting in a lower, lower overall risk and cost of funds for affordable housing, and therefore more housing will be built because our cost of funds will be much lower. That's kind of my, my vision for the future. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. That That is so complex in so many different ways. And one of the things that you said that um, I'm interested in and uh, want to understand more about is, is the actual sharing aspect. I know that local housing finance agencies and others alike can use systems such as ProLink to collect their data and analyze their data, but how do the different groups within the industry, such as some of the things you talked about, the, the construction group, the, the lenders, the buyers, the investors, how do you share that information um, between each of those segments? So that's, that, that is going to require some uh, a technical solution, um, and uh, we are working on that. But really what it comes down to is providing a platform. We have Procorum where uh, people use that to communicate uh, on projects together, different parties, uh, so that you'd have, you know, state agencies and syndicators and developers being able to collaborate. And I believe it's through a process like that where there'll be a common platform and then parties will be able to basically subscribe to data that is being produced um, at the project level and vice versa. Uh, those projects will be able to subscribe to data from uh, the investment community for information about, you know, even upfront deal sizing and, and underwriting guidelines and, and funding support as well as an ongoing basis for uh, asset management and, and uh, information about uh, or uh, uh, supportive information for performance on the properties. So, uh, so that's kind of, that's how I see it happening. And, and uh, I believe that we are, we're going to be there soon. It's, it's happening across many other industries. Uh, we're seeing this type of thing going on. Uh, our, our affordable housing industry has been a little slow to adopt uh, new technology, um, but the value of it is going to outweigh uh, the reluctance to adopt, and, and that's what I see happening. And do you think that's going to become the new norm, that everybody can subscribe to these sort of data sharing platforms so they can all see that information in real time? I do. Um, and if you think about it, I mean, it only makes sense, uh, it, because right now, uh, as people share information in general in, in the industry, whether it's information on tax, taxes or financials or compliance, uh, there's an awful lot of uh, paper 
and manual entry by each individual party um, uh, on you know a, a fairly complex transaction. So you'd have maybe four or five different entities uh, taking that same information and, and putting it into their systems manually or otherwise, and uh, that ends up just putting a large burden on the whole processing of this. Um, there are other industries where you don't have that going on, where it's easier, much easier to get at the market data. The easiest one to, to point to would be the public uh, equity markets. Um, so I don't, you know, I actually see it going to that level where where uh, bond information, tax credit information, equity information will be readily readily available um, through a platform for people to be able to make decisions off of. And that'll change. That'll be a game changer. <laughs> Do you think there's any um, fear of you know all this data being online and being accessible to so many different organizations? Is there any concern over data security? I think there's a ton of concern over data security, but I think um, the fact is is that the systems that are can be built for this can take that into consideration. I mean, uh, we all use credit cards every day. And when we use a credit card, every time you use one, uh, your information is, is going across the cloud someplace, right? And stored separately. So we use that kind of stuff all the time. And, uh, and we, the, the platform we're talking about, or I'm talking about, needs to be at that same security level as, as we use with our credit cards. Um, but I think that, again, the, and a lot of this data also can be aggregated and obfuscated so that uh, the information that we need from it, for instance, what's the current market rent for an apartment complex in a given location, um, it doesn't necessarily have to come from any specific site. It can be, be aggregated so that we just know the rent, but we don't know what properties are involved in it. Same with other operating expenses and building costs. When you're trying to manage a portfolio that has, you know, whatever it is, 250,000 100,000 families in it, how do you track which people are where if you don't have some unique identifier? Um, so, um, and it's because they don't do it because of all the, the worry that people have, you know, about EII being stolen. We all hear about, you know, this credit card companies and this and that, but lose it. Um, but our systems are built, you know, if you look at our system, our system stores uh, social security numbers, each one encrypted separately in its own database field. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to be able to break into our database, you'd have to decrypt each one separately. And then, you know, things like that, where there's a way to handle this information, which is very safe. And it's key. And so what I'd like to try to do is, is point out that uh, just because you need security around it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means you need security around it. You need to build that security so it is strong enough to be able to support it because not having something like uh, social security numbers can be different. Then it, you know, number, how do you match like allocations that are tied to those people, but also how do you know that that person isn't in 10 units? You know? How do you protect against fraud like that? You don't. So do you have right. any advice or, or tips that you can give to uh, housing finance agencies who are looking to move forward to this online data collection and analysis? Uh, well, sure. Um, probably the biggest advice is uh, more internal, and it's, it's to uh, not be afraid of change. Change is good. 
Change isn't always bad, right? Uh, this kind of change would be very good for everybody involved. And also, I encourage uh, the leadership in these organizations to take a front row seat, um, not only in, in uh, instigating a search for a system, but once the system um, is, is identified, uh, the database or the internal process, uh, to stay involved through the process and show that, that, that senior level leadership, uh, that's an important part of success in change management. And I'd say that's the biggest problem we have to face is, is really more on that side of things. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head of the fact that our world, whether that's housing or any other industry, is moving towards a very data-driven um, way of life. And we either have to get on board or we fall behind. And so I just appreciate you taking the time today, Sean, to talk to us about data and the importance of collecting and analyzing and sharing that information across the sector. Um, so thank you again, Sean McKenna, President and CEO of ProLink Solutions, for joining us today to talk about this extremely relevant and important topic. Um, this is Caitlin Harris, and thank you so much for listening to Nalpa's Affordable Housing Podcast.